Hello, my name is Conrad Kinch and this is Send 3 and 4 pence, a semi-regular podcast about gaming, books and the law as we shamble hopefully towards eternity. Hello and uh, welcome to a special episode of Send 3 and 4 pence. This episode is a response to uh, Zach White's um, episode of the Napoleonicist uh, podcast, which was based on um, the siege of Badajoz and British military justice. Um, if you're a Nopo- Napoleonic history buff, you might find something interesting here. But uh, what I'm trying to address is a more general question about how we make choices. And uh, that's what we're going to discuss in this episode. As it happens, there are probably dozens of other things I should be doing right now. But uh, ever since I listened to um, Zach's podcast, I, I this has been sort of scratching away at the back of my mind. And um, frankly, uh, I'm, I didn't write a script for this and I'm doing it off the cuff because uh, it was just something that I wanted to talk out. Now, the Siege of Badajoz was an event that took place in uh, March to April of 1812 during the Peninsula War. Um, just to briefly summarise, uh, the Peninsula War occurred when uh, Napoleon Bonaparte decided that he wished to occupy uh, Portugal, which refused to stop ra- trading with his enemy Britain at the time. He marched troops into Portugal uh, through his allies' uh, territory. He was allied with Spain at the time. He then subsequently um, turned on Spain and uh, effectively mounted a coup uh, while he was there and occupied the country. A, uh, a British army, there was a, a firstly a rising by the Spanish, uh, which the, um, the, uh, the British sent a, uh, an army to uh, assist them. And uh, there were several years fighting. The uh, eventual result at which uh, the the point at which we're talking about the siege was that uh, the Allies, uh, that is the Portuguese this and uh, and the, the British, were sort of in Portugal, which is, if you imagine Spain as a square, uh, Portugal is the bottom left-hand corner, and uh, the, Span- the French were unable to eject them from uh, Portugal, and every so often the uh, Allies would sally out and uh, attempt to liberate parts of Spain, but they, they often had to retreat in order to preserve their force. Um, Badajoz was the second uh, siege uh, fought that year. Um, the, the first one was Cuidad Rodrigo, and essentially the Duke or Viscount of Wellington, as he was at the time, um, came out of Portugal with a view to, um, to, to taking on the French. Um, and there were two fortresses, Cuidad Rodrigo and Badajoz, which barred his way into uh, Spain proper. This is obviously a gross simplification, but is sufficient for our purposes. Um, in the course of uh, the siege of Cuidad Rodrigo, which took place in January of 1812, um, the town was stormed at great cost. There were 1,700 casualties amongst the attackers um, and there was some looting after 
the uh, the army had um had taken the city um but that paled into insignificance in relation to what occurred uh, several months later in march at badahoth um uh, essentially at badahoth uh, wellington was under time pressure and needed to take the city in order to progress the campaign uh, he brought a uh, siege train f- uh, breached the walls and then mounted an assault on the breach um, an infantry assault to take the uh, to take the city um, now there is some uh, dispute over this but the the custom of war at the time uh, now this was not a, a treaty like the Geneva Convention, but it was simply a sort of mutually agreed upon uh, custom um, in the same way that sort of countries don't generally use poison gas on each other these days, um, was that if a breach was formed in the walls of your uh, fortress, you uh, were obliged to surrender and that if you did not surrender, that the city could be sacked. Um, now uh, it has been said that well the, the breaches that were formed at Badajoz were not particularly good and therefore uh, the, the, the garrison were not un- under an obligation to surrender um, that is entirely a matter of opinion in which you pays your money and you takes your choice um, what I'm more interested in and Uh, I'm going to summarise Zach's position here, is that a breach was formed, or multiple breaches were formed, I think there were two breaches, um, and a assault with a bayonet was was mounted, including uh, an escalade with ladders. Um, And as a result, the town was taken, and uh, at absolutely extraordinary cost, in uh, and the army suffered uh, four thousand eight hundred casualties in the course of um of that siege, and it was an absolute slaughter. Wellington, a man who was not given to emotion, uh, reportedly um, uh, you know, wept at the sight. He couldn't he 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 couldn't um grasp the magnitude of the of of the killing, um, but and uh getting finally to the point of this podcast in the aftermath of the victory having taken the town the town was then sacked for three days the uh, officers lost control of their men Uh, there was uh, looting raping um, theft arson all manner of 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 crime the uh, the number of civilian casualties um are variously given somewhere between two hundred and four thousand. Um, I I'm reasonably sure the four thousand figure is discounted by all serious commentators at this stage, as it would, uh, you know, uh, represent a a truly a, a astonishing um slaughter. Um, and most of the figures that I've seen uh that seem to be credible, are around the two two hundred to three hundred range, and uh. Zach has, uh, to, to summarise his position, Zach has said that while, you know, uh, a gallows was set up outside, uh, 
um, the city, the, there was no substantive action taken uh, to enforce military discipline until some 72 hours after, after the, uh, the city had been taken. Um, now, this was a much more profound breakdown in military discipline than the one that occurred uh, at Cuidad Rodrigo. Um, which was, uh, if you've ever watched uh, the TV series Sharp, in the episode Sharp's company, um, Owen Harris, who's the scriptwriter, puts a line in Wellington's mouth, who, who he, he sees the, uh, the uh, outbreak of disorder at Cuidad Rodrigo and uh, says, well, they were hard-pressed uh, hard and promised plunder. God may damn them, but I'm not inclined. Now that, uh, and Zach quite rightly points out, that Wellington, who was known to be a disciplinarian and who had a horror of disorder, was willing to accept a certain breakdown of discipline in order to achieve his objective. And that essentially brings me to my point. Um, whether the, the sacking of the town is a inarguable evil it was uh, it was a crime it is a crime now it was a crime then um it uh, it was uh, denounced by um people who were present on both sides um though the spanish who were obviously allied to the british at the time the uh, did downplay it uh, to a certain extent because uh, they, they, they didn't wish to um, sort of sabotage the relationship with their ally. The question that I've been pondering about it is Wellington needed to attack and he needed to kick the, Fr the French out of Spain and that was the goal that he wished to achieve. Um, it was a particularly brutal and vicious war um, the, uh, and was uh, catalogued by Goya in his paintings, The Horrors of War, if you're under any illusions as to how barbaric the, um, the conflict was. But from Wellington's perspective, the question is, to my mind, what can you live with? If you need... To prosecute this siege and you have a limited siege train and you're aware that you're you, you you need to get moving to make the most of the time that you have and to prevent the french from concentrating against you you want to break cuidad rodrigo and break um uh, badajoz as quickly as possible and then get into spain proper and achieve your strategic objective And at Cuidad Rodrigo, the British army proved that it could take a fortress and that it could be motivated to take a fortress in trying circumstances if the inducement of loot was, um, was offered it. Which puts you as a commander in a bit of a pickle um, because you are essentially, you know, trading the health and welfare of civilians, that is your uh, allied civilians, 
um, for your strategic objective. And what this most reminds me of, I suppose, is that this is a situation where there isn't a clear cut or good choice. Because if the long term strategic goal is to kick the French out of Spain, are you willing to accept a lesser evil in order to achieve a greater good? Um, it reminded me of the, uh, the situation prior to the Normandy landings where the Allied Air Forces, but the RAF and the American Army Air Force, absolutely pummeled uh, the French countryside around the, the beaches and, uh, and elsewhere, striking at uh, marshalling yards and railways and uh, uh, garrisons and any kind of strategic target that they could hit. And in the course of that action, they paved the way for the successful liberation of France, but they also killed tens of thousands of French civilians in the course of that bombing campaign. Now that was a strategic calculation that General Eisenhower was willing to make and was backed by his political leadership. Um, and I don't have a good answer for this, but so I'd be interested to hear what people think about this. Um, Think of it as a sort of 19th century military version of the trolley problem. Weighed against the long-term goal of kicking the French out of Spain, was the devil's bargain of Badajoz worth it? And if so, would if it was worth it, would it be worth doing a second, a third or a fourth time? Is it something that you can excuse once, but not uh, several times? And the the... The sort of the larger problem is, is that once you've let the genie out of the bottle, it's very hard to put that back in. Now, the French occupation of Spain was clearly a bad thing. It had profoundly negatively affected the lives of the people who lived there. Um, from Wellington's perspective, French occupation strengthened France um, and posed a threat to the existence of Britain. So his interests were clear. But uh, also, would your decision be influenced by the cost? The best estimate of the number of civilians killed at Badajoz is about 250. If the higher figures were true, even the ludicrous ones at the, you know, talking at the thousands, um, would that influence your decision? The highest estimate I've seen um, put on the uh, casualties from the Allied bombing campaign that preceded D-Day was 50,000 uh, French civilians, which, to put in perspective, that's roughly equivalent to the um, the British dead on the first day of the Somme or the American dead from the Vietnam War. Um, does there come a point at which a civilised man says no more, uh, even with the best of aims, I can't countenance this, and where should that line be? So I've been mulling over this for a while, and I'd be interested to hear from anyone who's listened to this podcast, and bear in mind, there are literally dozens of you, uh, about this specific question. And just for the sake of clarity, I'll state the question again. In Wellington's place, knowing what he knew at the time, would you order the storm at Badajoz, 
knowing that there would be a breakdown in discipline and that looting and criminality would follow with the um, with the effects for the civilian population that would result. And further to the first question, if your answer to the to that first question would be yes, how bad would the result have to be for the civilian population for you to answer no? Now, if you'd uh, if you'd like to leave a voice message, please do so at Anchor or uh, send it to conrad.kinch at gmail.com or tag me on Twitter at at aquestingvo. Um, I'll put links to those and Zach's very thought-provoking episode in the description. My own view is that there are no good choices in this situation. Um, I've, I've pondered it for a while now and I, I just couldn't get it out of my head and it's still not a clear-cut choice for me. Um, so I'd be interested to hear what side of that particular question people fall on. Um, thank you very much for listening to this uh, somewhat somber episode of Send 3 and 4 Pence, and uh, hopefully I will see you all on the next one. Thank you very much. have been listening to Send 3 and 4 Pence, a semi-regular podcast about gaming, books and the law. If you enjoyed this podcast, please share, like and subscribe, and most importantly, tell your friends that you liked it. And if you didn't like this podcast, please like, share and subscribe, and most importantly, tell your friends that you liked it. Thank you and goodbye.